This is Give Me Some Truth, a podcast from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. You gotta leave your money behind you. Raise your hand Hello, Give Me Some Truth listeners. We are back in the booth again. We being Nate and myself, Mitch, back in the booth to continue our little mini-series on what is retirement. And as a little bit of background, we are going through a Transamerica survey, which they call the What is Retirement? Three Generations Prepare for Older Age. And this is the 19th time that they've done this survey. So if you haven't listened to the prior podcast, that was phase one, the first installment that Nate and I discussed. We're entering into phase two. And on the first podcast, we talked, we kind of cherry picked a lot of the fun facts, things that we saw surprising or maybe ironic that were responses from the survey. This time, we're going to try to focus on a particular generation, that being the baby boomers. So again, we've got Nate and Mitch here in the booth, phase two of the Transamerica survey studying retirement. And this is something that, again, we were just so fascinated by that we wanted to draw it out into a few different podcasts. Yeah, essentially the first uh, podcast that we did was really more to kind of set up the the survey itself and to talk in um, kind of broad strokes about the baby boomers, the millennials, and the Gen Xers, which is kind of the three generational groups that the, that the study looks at. So this one really we wanted to focus on baby boomers exclusively, and then and the next one that we'll do next week will be um, Gen Xers and uh, uh, millennials uh, at the same time. So... Mitch, why don't you, uh, we've kind of gone back and forth with some of the um, kind of quote, can you believe this stat or wow, this is kind of a shocking um, uh, stat to us in the uh, uh, in the survey. Can you come up with the one that you think makes the most uh, kind of impact on you or at least one where you kind of were taken back a little bit when you read the, uh, the stat about the millennial, or excuse me, about the baby boomers? Oh, as far as one that stood out the most or the most sure. shocking yeah. potentially. So yes. <laughs> It was actually related to health because I'm someone that fitness and health has always been a part of of my life. And when I was reading this survey, obviously people are are living longer, therefore people are working longer, boomers included. And in the survey, only 56% were, quote, focused on staying healthy. And that surprised me, 56%. I would think that with a lot of these trends and, and and indication that you need to stay healthy in order to work longer, in order to support yourself, potentially, if you're working even part-time in, in retirement, health is a part of that. And and just over half actually consider that as, as something important that they're focusing on. Well, flip the stat, right? So what, what does that say? That says that 46% of the respondents... 44. 44, excuse yep. me, thank you. 44 um, uh, indicated they're not focused or worried about maybe uh, if, I, if I take a step further about health, which is really interesting because uh, you and I see this a lot when, when uh, working with clients, um, the, the mindset is I'll, I'll work longer. I'll, I'll, you know, part-time job to kind of supplement income. I'll do some things. I'll, I'll travel more. I'll do, you know, it, it's the assumption that I'll do, 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 but yet very rarely do we hear about people taking into consideration the fact that your body could break down and you might not be able to do, 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 you know, whether it's more work, more travel, more, whatever it is that you want to do. It's an interesting tie 
uh, that I think that you bring up that that idea of tying health to um, the plans that people have for for post working uh, or even not even post working, but uh, you know that kind of that that last phase of work in their life and then into that post phase work of their life, they don't really seem to think about health or said another way, they just assume that their body is going to be there and is going to function the way it's supposed to. And now trying to get into the minds of the people that took the survey, which is impossible to do, right? We can only analyze the results. But in that 44% that aren't focused on health, I wonder too, are some of those people, people that let's say health has been important, fitness, exercise, all those things, let's just say it's been part of their lives. Therefore, they're kind of saying like, well, it's, you know, I'm not making an increased focus or I'm not doing anything different. Therefore, I answered the question the way that I did, meaning it's not going to change. It's just always been a part of it. So that, that I don't know and that I can't answer. But either way, that was one of those stats that really jumped off the page for me. So let me ask a, a similar question right back to you. When it comes to the boomers and some of the, the highlights that were described here, was there anything, Nate, that you looked at that really stood out or just jumped off the page as, wow, that was, that was a really fascinating number or statistic there? I think the one that was that was interesting to me, maybe not um, maybe maybe not the most impactful, but really kind of one that made me think was, and I'm I'm trying to find the exact stats here for it, um, was the idea that um, baby boomers were planning to work uh, fewer hours or kind of phase down uh, from full time employment uh, with their current employers as kind of the last. Um, kind of chunk of their of their work lives they were planning on phasing that down and the majority of them kind of looked at that as 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 a uh, a viable option yet a only about if I, and i'll find the stat here to get the exact numbers out i think it was something like only about one in three had checked with their current employers to see whether that was even an option i i believe i think i know the the line that you're talking about the number that's popping in my head is 29 let's see if i can find that here here it is okay so this may be easier said than done. Only 29% of baby boomers indicate their employers offer any sort of flexible retirement transition arrangement. Is that the one you're referring right. to? So the majority of them have indicated that this is what they prefer as a way of kind of stepping down as opposed to the, you know, the way that, that it used to be done where, you know, um, you know, our, our parents and grandparents and great grandparents, depending on how old the listeners are, you know, you, you'd work for IBM or you'd work for some big corporation for 30 straight years. And then literally one day you just stopped and that was it. You know, and then they gave you the gold watch and that was that. Whereas now people are kind of phasing down and, and preferring to work from 40 hours down to 30 or down to 20 hours. I'll, I'll stop working Fridays. I'll, you know, whatever it might be. But only 20, was it 29%? 29. Only 29% of the people in that group had checked with their current employers to see whether that's even an option. So it's an interesting, again, disconnect that we see within this survey. There's a lot of these stats that just don't quite add up when you look at it um, from a kind of a common sense or kind of a practical approach where people have a perception of how they want things to be or how, kind of how they want to do it. But then the next question kind of tries to, try, you can almost see kind of, kind of solidify that. But yet it, it shows the exact opposite. You know, you would think that if that many people said, I want to work in a, in, a, in a shorter kind of truncated position, role, hours, whatever it might be, you would think that that same percentage of people would have checked with their current employers to see if that's an, an option. And it doesn't look like they, they have. Correct. So is it safe to say that a fair amount of people have unrealistic expectations upon transitioning to retirement and then even once they are in retirement, 
Is that there an unrealistic expectation there? Well, I, th- I think it's either that or it's kind of the, the phrase that we used before um, um, in, in, the, in the podcast uh, last week, the kind of the blissful ignorance. In other words, this idea of saying, well, I'm, I'll, I'll just I'm sure I'll be able to do this. So I'm not sure that it's it, I'm not sure if it's that Mitch. I was probably some of that. But I think it's also that people are just setting themselves up for a, a bad outcome because if you're not going to check into whether that's an option now, when were you planning on doing that? Because if you're going to plan on doing that, you know, the day you turn 65, well, what are you going to do if the employer says, no, we'll just more or less move on from you as an employee. If you're not going to work 40 hours, then what are you going to right. do? Right. That wasn't in the plan. Oh, right. So it's a preparation <laughs> issue more than anything. And that ultimately is what we're trying to drive home within these, this series of podcasts is at a, at a minimum, try to glean from this, this survey um, as many kind of preparation uh, warnings slash uh, to do's more than anything. Am I prepared for this, that, or the other thing? And kind of use these statistics as a way to be able to say, okay, yes, it looks like I'm kind of where I need to be, or no, my expectations of what I think my retirement is going to be are 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 off from from what the you know the statistics show us. And moving on to a slightly more optimistic note, I'll say is that boomers are looking forward to retirement. That's something that I want to mention and, and reiterate too, is that sure, there's some some fears that have come out through the survey and concerns and worries and all these things. But all in all, boomers, um, not only boomers, most most generations are actually looking forward to retirement. And I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning, but boomers are defined in the survey as they're born between 1946 and 64. The survey showed that 81% of baby boomers are looking forward to retirement. Simple as that. And that's not necessarily true within the other generations. So I thought that was interesting actually. And part of that might be because they're so close to retirement. They're closer than the other generations to this retirement or work optional phase of their lives. So maybe it's just the fact that it's so close that the excitement bubbles up and then that's why they answer the question they or answer the question the way that they did. But really people are looking forward to it. There's fear, sure, but I think they're optimistic about what that next chapter holds. You know, I think you're exactly right. Um, and I think some of that could be, you know, again, kind of talking back to preparedness, you know, are you, if, you, if you're not financially prepared for retirement, you probably aren't looking at it in the same kind of, um, you know, optimistic and excited ways as you would if you were prepared for it. Um, I, another interesting stat that kind of, that uh, kind of stuck out to me, um, because I think this is one where people um, have kind of a misconception of where they're at. Uh, talking about debt, so they said 22% of those surveyed that fall in the baby boomer category uh, are debt-free. So that's an interesting stat, and I don't know that that's necessarily good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, obviously being debt-free, debt-free is better than not being debt-free, but the 22%, I don't know if that's good or bad, you know, kind of across across the, the uh, baby boomer spectrum. But I think it just helps for people to get a better understanding of where they are. If you're a baby boomer right now and you're kind of comparing yourself to your peers, just understand that one out of four to one out of five, uh, to, get, to make the stat a little bit easier to get your arms around, of your peers are debt-free. Um, now, again, that doesn't mean that that should be the only goal. Uh, if you have to use all of your savings to become debt free and you have no savings left, that's not a good thing either. But just to give people just a little bit of a kind of a benchmark for where they're at, about 22% of baby boomers in the survey are debt free. About 15% of millennials are debt free and about 14% of Gen Xers are debt free. 
apologize for a little delay here. I'm doing a very millennial thing and trying to take a selfie while in the booth. So Nate started this thing last week of taking a selfie to record to document what we're actually doing during this recording and post on social media and everything. So I just took the second Give Me Some Truth selfie in the booth that all of you that follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever else we have our social media presence can see what it looks like while Nate and I are actually in the booth here. So we're pioneers. We are. We are trailblazers. Actually, it's funny. The the survey called or coined the baby boomers the trailblazers of the new retirement, which I thought was interesting. They it, they say they have rewritten societal rules at every stage of their life, and retirement is no different. They are in the forefront of defining retirement as a new phase in life that can bring freedom, purpose, and enjoyment, which also makes me think of word associations. So word associations was another thing that was was in the survey, and three of them you just just heard, freedom, purpose, enjoyment. There's a lot of positive word associations that the survey came out for for all three generations, particularly in, in boomers as well. So I think that goes back to that link of, hey, 81% are actually looking forward to this. And part of the things that they associate with this phase of their life, freedom, purpose, enjoyment. And we'd be really curious to, to hear some feedback from the boomer listeners that are out there. You know, what, what does retirement mean to you? What are some of the word associations that you attach to it? Is it something like a work optional? And we'd love feedback. I mean, the more feedback, the better. So send us notes, comment, However you get a hold of us, we'd love to hear your feedback on, on some of this discussion. Well, and again, going back to the uh, the kind of the preparedness theme uh, on it, uh, another interesting stat here, and I think this was one that we alluded to in the last podcast, but uh, baby boomers, their, their uh, estimated median uh, retirement savings, so not average median, those are two different uh, statistical measurements, but the median for, for baby boomers is $152,000 in retirement savings. However, you go down to the uh, kind of the next bullet point here in the survey. Uh, Two thirds of workers are confident about retirement. 63% of workers are confident that they will be able to fully retire with a comfortable lifestyle, including 18% who are, quote, very confident and 45% who are, quote, somewhat confident. So, again, interesting statistics when we look at it in terms of the assumption that people make about where they're going to be in regard to retirement. Um, you know, two out of three people think they're going to be, you know, in, in really good shape for retirement. Yet the numbers that we look at don't necessarily bear out those those same results. So that the reason why I bring that up is because um, if, if you haven't had a financial advisor run a, a retirement plan for you and a you know, projection for it to give you an idea of where you're at, um, I, I strongly encourage you to do that. Obviously, uh, we're biased in saying that because that's what we do for a living. But uh, whether you seek out our advice or, or a different financial advisory firm's advice, please, please, please get out there and, and figure out where you're at because I think there's a there, I think there's a pretty big disconnect between where people think they're going to be in regard to retirement, i.e., confident about retirement. Um, again, and, and, and the way that it reads, too, confident that they'll be able to reti- fully retire with a comfortable lifestyle. Uh, that's that's an interesting way of phrasing that. Um, when we have a median uh, amount of savings that that doesn't appear to be able to provide that same lifestyle. And where retirement income is coming from is definitely changing. As most of us know, a lot of you listeners probably know, pensions aren't as much of a thing anymore. So historically, you probably had a pension as a source of, of income, Social Security, and then the third stool or third leg of the stool, if you will, 
was your own personal investments and personal savings for retirement. So those are kind of the historically three places that income comes from. Now, a fourth or, or maybe the new third leg of the stool, if you will, is going to be working part-time maybe in retirement. So we're seeing more and more of that. That's something that came from the, the survey. But one of those legs of the stool, Social Security, and I mentioned this in prior podcasts, some people say, I don't even want to count on that. Right, and that answer differs whether you're a millennial or Gen X or baby boomer. But there is a fear of reduction in the elimination of Social Security. 49, so basically half, half of baby boomers cited that as one of the most frequently cited fears of their source of income is the elimination of Social Security, which I found was, was pretty pretty fascinating. And on the flip side, speaking of some of the the can't quite make sense of, of some of the statistics that are coming from the survey. On the flip side, 87, 87% of baby boomers still expect income from Social Security. So 87 expect it, 87% of boomers expect it, but yet about half fear that it's going to be eliminated. That was one that I had a tough time wrestling with. What do you make of that? Well, I think, I think what that means is the fear is real, right? The fear is that it's going to be eliminated. I don't. I, I think that people fear that, uh, especially in that generation. I don't think that people fully believe it. Um, so, I, you know, it, I think it, it is one that makes sense from the standpoint that it is uh, uh, a hot button issue for people. Um, but at the same time, I think that that baby boomers. Um, are much, much more likely to expect that benefit to be there for them uh, than the Gen Xers and the Millennials. Is part of that because they've contributed their entire working lives, you know, where they they have an attachment to it over 30, 40 years, let's say, of working, and that expectation is there since they've been, they've been funding it? <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with it, but I also think it's because um, this idea of Social Security not being there is, relatively speaking, somewhat of a newer idea. In other words, the I think that I don't think that this was a huge fear back in the '80s and the '90s and even early 2000s of this idea that Social Security wasn't going to be there. Again, I don't think as as I think as humans we 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 don't really worry about things until it's right in front of our face, right? I think I think do a, we do a bad job if something is if something is a worry, but what we're told that it's it's a worry 40 years from now. I don't think we really worry about it. If somebody says it's a worry that's going to happen in 10 years, I think we're much more likely to worry about it, even if the effect of the of the worry is the same. I think that that idea of pro, of, of procrastination is something that's just kind of hardwired into people that they just if they can procrastinate it, they will. Um, and so I don't think baby boomers have grown up with this idea of it won't be there. I think we've basically hit every millennial over the head six times a day telling them Social Security will not be there for them. So I think it's just natural that they don't think it's going to be there for them, where baby boomers, that idea of it not being there is almost a newer a newer concept. But um, I want to switch into a little bit more positive territory here. Uh, three in four workers, this is across all the, um, the three generations that they surveyed, Three and four are saving for retirement. That's great news. 75% of workers are saving for retirement through employer-sponsored plans such as 401ks uh, or similar plans and or outside the workplace. 78% uh, of baby boomers, Generation X comes in at 77 and millennials at 71%. That's fantastic in my opinion. Three out of four workers are contributing and, and, and actively participating. That's great. Um, I'll round out the stat there. 
uh, among those saving for retirement, millennials start at age 24 as a median, Generation X started at 30 as a median, and baby boomers started at 35 as a median. So again, that that's great news from the survey to see how many people are taking this taking this topic not only seriously, but they're actively participating in the process of making sure that they have a as good of a retirement as they can have. And I don't have the number in front of me, but I, I think I read somewhere that baby boomers are as a median contributing about 10% to their 401k. So that might not be including if there's a pension or something at their employer still, but they're at a median of about 10% of their, of their wages is going into some sort of retirement plan, which that might be where that rule of thumb comes from potentially, you know, there's that rule of thumb of, Oh, you got to save 10% of your income towards your long-term retirement goals. Now we sometimes turn around and say, well, it should be higher than that. Maybe it should be closer to 15 or maybe even 20. But as a median, 10%, it's really not bad. It's yeah. kind of what I take from that. Right. Um, I, I, I like the, you know, the, uh, the other stat as far as accumulation numbers. I, I like these stats that, that kind of put people on the spot to try to guess how much they're going to need because it's just it's such a hard thing to guess to be accurate with it. But uh, they did ask the question, so we'll report the answer. Um, workers estimate that they will need about $500,000. Uh, that was the median response uh, by the time they retire in order to feel financially secure. Uh, and that finding was was shared by both Gen Xers and baby boomers um, with millennials estimating that they'll, they'll need only about 400000 uh, for a, uh, a retirement where they will feel financially secure. I'm not going to comment on whether that's enough or not enough, but again, uh, everybody's different. Everybody's different. Um, but I, I, I would encourage you to uh, sit down with an advisor to understand if you are of that same mindset, uh, understand what a $500,000 nest egg uh, will provide as, as by, uh, by way of a retirement lifestyle. Um, because again, if that's what people think, I would, I would like to equate that out to people as far as a, here's how much is going to hit your checking account on a monthly basis in retirement and see if that does what people think um, that it needs to do for them. But that, that was an interesting one for me as well. I've got one more question I want to throw at you, Nate, and I'm really just looking for a response to this stat, but one more, since we're running a little short on time here for this second installment of our, what is retirement series. But I found this interesting and I'm curious if you have any thoughts, if it surprises you or not. 39% of baby boomers indicate that they were not impacted or have fully recovered by the Great Recession. So again, 39% of baby boomers indicate they were not impacted or have fully recovered by the Great Recession. So obviously that means the other 61%, we don't know what their response was, but it wasn't that they weren't impacted. So I don't, I don't know if you saw that one particularly or if you have any comment just on the effect of the Great Recession, and particularly for the baby boomer generation. Yeah, I think that that it's it's um, and, I, and I'm no um, survey expert expert or statistician. Um, you'd have to ask my brother for that. Uh, he is the he is the. I'll give my brother a, 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 a shameless plug here. He is the PhD holder in the family. Uh, so that is not me. But I will I will go out to say that um, I don't think the the, the question is, is phrased in 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 a uh, in a proper way. In other words, they say not impacted by. I don't read that myself to mean that they didn't have any impact while it was happening. I read that as saying the impact 
of that event no longer has a negative influence on their lives. I think it's safe to say everyone was impacted. Right. In I think some it's way, kind of to phrase it that way. It, does, it makes it seem like they're, they're phrasing it by saying it didn't impact me at all. Well, it just literally impacted everybody. So I don't know how you can necessarily say that, but I'll, I'll skirt past that and get, get more to the, uh, to the, to the spirit of your question. Um, I think it's interesting, uh, that only, only 39%, um, feel like they've fully recovered because when you look at where the Dow is, the NASDAQ is, the S and P is, uh, the bond market, I mean, whatever market you want to look at, um, you look at where it is now, those markets now compared to where they were pre 0809, um, most of them, if not all of them, I don't even know if you could find one that hasn't fully recovered and then some. So the, the markets themselves, the driver, the engine of the car is fully repaired. And, it, you know, from, from that, I'm not saying that it's, it's uh, um, you know, won't, couldn't run into problems in the future, but from the 0809 event, you know, that, that's where, kind of where they need to be. Yet the driver of the car does not feel into the tune of, what, 60% plus 60% of people have some lingering effect that they're still negatively impacted by that event of, of uh, what, you know, 11 years ago. Right. Um, and part that of that stands out to me as really interesting. Right. Right. And I think this is where this thing called human behavior comes into effect. Right. Because yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> if all of a sudden humans are entered into the equation. Right. And and there are some sometimes good, but oftentimes poor decisions that are made along the way. And and sometimes not fully recovered might be a part or a consequence of poor decisions along the way. Yeah, I have a really hard time believing that. a whole new podcast in itself. Right. If you gather together those roughly 60% of people that don't believe that they've fully recovered or or, um, some people uh, within that 60% even believe that they haven't recovered at all from 0809, I would be very interesting to to gather their brokerage statements and, and their financial statements from 0809 and compare those to where they're at now. I have a hard time believing that 60% of the people that, that participated in the survey uh, are still negatively affected by that event. Um, but they could. I suppose they could be. Uh, it's, it's hard to believe that that big of a percentage would be. And I think that that speaks to your point, Mitch, where um, you know perception becomes reality. So we are going to pause it there for another week because we've got one more installment of Give Me Some Truth. What is retirement? Analyzing the Transamerica Retirement Survey of Workers. We'll be back. So, Nate, I will see you in about a week. Listeners, you'll listen and hear us in about a week, and we're going to continue this trend, and we're going to cover millennials, and we're going to cover Gen X on that next podcast. So stay tuned. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you soon. you got to leave your money behind you. Raise your hand to the sky. Ask the masses for silence. Come on, dead in the eye. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, Mitch DeWitt, and Keith Ponywise are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not provide any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. 
Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.